Good evening, Patriots, and it's Friday, July 22nd in the year 2022. And in on the East Coast, I think you just hit Saturday, so congratulations, we'll catch up. All right, Patriots, so before we begin, <clears throat> excuse me, before we begin, make sure that you're taking good care of your wealth. Patriots, we know the economy is in a mess, but you know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at any time fully understand. What can we say? You know who understands the real threat of inflation? It's the people who have invested in gold and silver. And that's why we have Birch Gold. They're working with you to protect your savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying your 401k and IRA into gold, physical gold. And it's not too late for you to take action now. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, Birch Gold has the experts to help you. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and get real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text BARDS to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation info kit on protecting your savings with gold. I don't think there can be any question that we're heading into a very bizarre time. A lot of bizarre things are beginning to happen. I'm going to play this one-minute piece. Our favorite villain, Klaus Schwab. As a young generation, like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, half of this cabinet, are actually young noble leaders of the world. So if we penetrate the cabinets, the change is not just happening. The change can be shaped by us. We have to prepare for a more angry world. How to prepare to take the necessary action to create a fairer world? I see the need for a great reset. So people assume we are just going back to the good old world which we had and everything will be normal again. This is, uh, let's say, fiction. It will not happen. There is only one way this pandemic is going to go. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. Pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack. And that, by all indications, is what we're starting to get ready for, or at least <laughs> I guess we're not supposed to get ready for it. They are really doing everything they can to fearmonger this time and get everybody off base. I heard a piece today from a woman who was visibly shaken and scared, and I feel sorry for her. And she did proclaim that she'd never leave her country, violate her country or God, and that's great, but they're going to do everything you can, they can right now, to shake everybody. What she was shaken about was the NDAA, the new one, Section 549A, I believe. And basically what it's allowing is if they pass this, that the president, doesn't matter whether it's Biden or anybody else, can be turned into a dictator overnight. And then the military would be rolled out to be used on, to bypass Posse Comitatus and be able to be used on the public. 
These are things that we don't have control over. If they happen, they happen. It's easy to say because I don't. A lot of people haven't been in a conflict, and I understand that. But you have to kind of take things for what it is. We cannot, absolutely cannot get worked up over the things that they're threatening. And that's where that rock of faith is so important. And it's critical that each step that we gain knowledge, that we action on knowledge. Take a listen to this piece. Who is worse? The man who is informed and chooses to do nothing or the man who is ignorant, so has never done anything anyway. Consciousness is never meant to be stagnant. It's never still, always moving, always flowing. When you learn a new truth and do nothing, you are going against the natural order of everything. When you learn a new truth, it is our responsibility to act on that truth, to apply it to our own lives and to grow and proceed in our own development, to be just when justice is needed, Brave when bravery is needed, intelligent when intelligence is needed. As Pericles says, having knowledge but lacking the power to express it clearly is no better than never having any ideas at all. We need to be paying attention to the knowledge that we gain, and that's an, one exercise to do that is to look back at where you were five years ago and where you are today. As a nation as a whole, we've come a long ways awakening more deeply, honestly becoming more pertinent and and aware of the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and what our founding documents truly mean, and most importantly, returning to that rock of faith. There is always, before a conflict, before you're going to do a mission, let's say, everyone always gets a little bit of anxiety. And that's normal, and it's actually good because it keeps your senses heightened. What this game is doing is trying to draw out that anxiety as long as possible because what it does is it wears people down. Don't let it. That's just a simple thing to say, and you literally have to catch yourself if you do get caught into that. It's very easy right now to just the swirling of information, the things that hit my account are just crazy right now. And every, all sorts of different things are coming in suddenly, which tells me a few things. And I'm assuming that's happening to others, but it's definitely indicating that there's key messages they're wanting to throw into convolute the path. It also says that people that are sincere are feeling that anxiety and are wanting to immediately share information to try to get it out. Never underplay the bad actors. Never turn your back on information. Always pay attention and always pray. Because God only always lines things up. Whatever you do, don't react quickly. Take a moment to pause. Especially right now. In the middle of a conflict, that's a little bit different when you have somebody shooting at you. There's, But even then, if you take a pause, the time that you get is actually pretty long. Longer than you think. Because it gives you a moment to reflect on what has to be done and where you have to move. General rule, just don't react. Don't don't do a knee-jerk reaction to things. Keep your head always, and especially right now, nothing is that urgent other than solid paths which we have before us. Some of those solid paths are, are, are 
the seven pillars of county by county, which is why, in part why they're there. When things get a little bit crazy, begin with pillar one, and that's the center of God in your home. Pillar two, do you have anything to do with or can you help with homeschooling and helping kids? Pillar number three, Patriot Gardens. What have you done in the garden and getting that tended to? And that's sowing seeds physically and spiritually. Pillar four, right work. What are you doing to enhance your gifts and talents? Or what are you doing in your business to enhance that? Meaning your own business, not the corporate yoke. Pillar five, health and wellness. What are you doing to improve your health and wellness daily? Pillar six, information and knowledge. What are you doing to expand your knowledge and information? Or informed action. What are you doing to inform yourself to make better actions and decisions? Pillar seven is stewardship and conservation. What are you doing to ensure that what you have, you're you're taking care of, plans that you have for better stewardship of things in case things run short, and how to manage the supplies and the gifts and the talents that you have. Those things are always action items. And in the middle of a crazy moment, create these action items can help reset where we need to be. Right now, they all kind of fall. You can apply just about everything you need to be doing within the seven pillars right now. And it's fairly important because there's a lot of swirling of information and the intensity is definitely accelerating. There's no question about that. And so we have to work very diligently to keep our focus on what's before us. And the most important part of this walk right now is digging deeper into the relationship through Christ to the Father. And that will ultimately be what keeps us solid, what ensures that we have always a good landing, and will always ensure that we're properly positioned in the, in the fight to have a, an effective tactical response. And that's the one, those are the things you can control because in the middle of a fight, or I should say it this way, in the middle of a war, there's not a lot of things that you can control. The illusion that a lot of people are living under is that they can control a lot. And that's not really true. There's not a lot that we can control, but the things that you can control, dominate them. And right now, this big stuff that's going on in D.C., the the big movements, the big noises that are coming out of media, they're obscuring things. We know that, but it's important to remind ourselves of that. And the question you have to always ask is, what are they not wanting you to see? Every single thing in the media is avoiding the truths that they don't want you to look at. One of the biggest ones is their process that they're gearing up to do to reset the world. And the two stories, obviously, that we're being told is they're all kind of nest into one, that apparently the bad guys are going to execute their plan, and within the envelope of that, the good guys are going to jump out of the out of the bushes and save the moment at the last, at the very last second going to save humanity from itself. 
Yeah, okay. Here's my story. The two sides are vying for who's going to control us. And those that are going to follow God are going to sit back and watch that clown show go on. And when they spring out of the bushes, we're going to watch that happen too. And then quietly and decisively, we're going to move with God to knock them all off the board and reset the world as it should be, as God would want it to be, with him on the throne above all things. Scripture doesn't support the idea that God fixes everything at the last moment. So that whole process doesn't really play out. It doesn't play out as well in human history. I'm not saying it won't happen, but I'm skeptical at the very least. Because that doesn't tend to be a scenario, especially since they've, it's been telegraphed forever. That somehow there's a secret plan that no, the cabal doesn't know about to spring it on the world at the last moment. And somehow in the ranks of the cabal and all of this, they don't know that there's people there that are literally going to ambush them right at the last minute. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Any more than it makes a lot of sense of trust the plan when we don't know what the plan is. All these things are important to consider how they tie in with a non-scriptural approach to things. And I, I think that's extremely important to comprehend because right now the part that we're struggling with a lot is what's going to come up next. And this is something that I've reflected on a lot, and we all do it. But that's not really the way we're supposed to be walking, because if we're trusting in God, we shouldn't really worry a lot about what's going to happen next. I, I think that's a really important component here. So I want to play a piece here just as kind of an intense a piece of reminding us kind of here's a big subject, and it has to do with those lists from Epstein's and Ghislaine's trial. And here's somebody who's looked at this, and I, I like their approach. It's They're not going to let the media get in their way and confuse it, and they're getting right down to the nuts and bolts of what we all should be thinking about. All right, you got to help me out. Why on earth was it so easy to get coverage, 24-7 coverage, of the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial? Nobody gives a shit about that. Or the fact that there was non-stop coverage when Will Smith decided to slap the shit out of Chris Rock. Again, we don't care about that. But when we ask you for the names that came out of the Maxwell trial, we get nothing. Yeah, sure, there's some names floating around online. There's some lists out there. But there were specific names out of that trial. And we want those names. What, do you think just because you're ignoring us? Just because... You won't answer us, that we'll forget, and that we'll move on. We won't move on, and we will never forget. We want the names of those people that destroyed children's lives. We want the names. And we do. And those are the sorts of things we can't let go of in the midst of all of this. Because those get to the core truths of what they're trying to obscure. There's no more powerful weapon in this whole war than truth. Unfortunately, we have a lot of people that, consider truth what the state gives them. And so they do great things like concreting their hand to the pavement and somehow that's supposed to 
it's supposed to cause a change in the world. I, I'm really not sure how that works, but I do know that watching these protesters get their hand chiseled out from the pavement left them a little bit shaky as they took out the chisel and started banging it around. It's a good thing. Maybe they'll grow up a bit. Our walk right now with the Lord is in part, I think, the future perspective of things, as way I would put it, in my opinion, the gaining of true insights into where things are going, it should be dark, and I hope it remains that way, because we as a people need to return to God. And to do that, the best way to do that is to make somebody blind. Take a listen to this from Dennis Prager. Is the biggest moral crisis facing the country right now? Secularization. Whenever I summarize my life's work, I say, really, there has been one overwhelming theme, the consequences of secularism. Secularism is wonderful for government, it's wonderful for the sciences, and it's awful for the rest of life. Most conservatives don't know that. Many religious people don't know it and certainly don't know how to make the case for it. Everything that we're seeing, all the chaos that we are seeing now, is a result of the death of God and the Bible as the, as the most important book in American life. I couldn't agree more. And that's the real battleground right there, if we're going to get down to it. We've know that our churches declared that we're a post-Christian society. I don't know how that happened, that the willingness of the church accepted that. Other than the fact that when you're now focused on money and you're no longer focused on the power of Jesus, I think you end up there pretty quickly because your values shift and it's convenient to talk about the failing numbers in your church and blame it on something other than yourself. The churches have lost people, not because God left the people, but because God probably left the church because the churches didn't really invite him in. And that's where we end up with this perspective that we're a post-Christian society. We're reviving the power of God brilliantly right now. And these, this army that we're seeing standing up is tremendous. It's anchored in faith. It's looking at this and moving forward. It's making decisive actions to prepare, as Joseph did in filling the silos. And we know that there is a coming shift. Equally, if everybody was to prepare well and heed those warnings, we wouldn't really notice much of a collapse because we would have already prepared in ways that would be sustainable and we'd be able to endure. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that have not and don't take much warning to that because they don't, I think it's too difficult. It's inconvenient. It's an inconvenient truth. Much of what we're dealing with right now are inconvenient truths. Whether it's looking at the facts of the vax or looking at the realities of this ridiculous green economy model that they want to put on us. I mean, hey, let's celebrate because the Pentagon just bought an electric Humvee. I'm sure that's going to go well, especially with EMPs and a variety of other things, right? 
But the whole world is is shaking right now. China's economy is falling apart. Billionaires are, are leaving. The property management company of Evergrande is bankrupting. It's a massive collapse going on in China. And, of course, there's no news coming out about that, so it's difficult to see. We have the continued falling of people to sexual crimes in this nation, and which I always find interesting how many sexual crimes we have in this nation. I'm not surprised, but it it's because we're living in the bowels of the deviants. This is where all the freaks and deviants have migrated to. You know that right now there's over a thousand LGBTQ candidates running for office. They're pushing everything they can to infiltrate government and every aspect of our society to steer us into this world where we have to live under the rules and laws of an immoral structure against faith, against God's rules, against our what we believe. And that's the quiet war that's raging on. So when I hear things, and I do regularly from people saying, we're going to win this in November, no, we're not. I don't know what we're going to get in November because, for one thing, the elections aren't fixed. And even if they are fixed, I don't know what we get in the reset of a nation because the problem isn't politics. The problem is morality. The problem is secularism. It is the lack of love of God and the lack of love of Scripture. And those aren't just said lightly. It's that living and obsessing over how we can better serve God each day. It is pretty amazing to me when you think about the idea of President Trump in office and how many people were willing would willingly do anything that he suggested if it was for the benefit of his version of make America first or make America great. And yet we don't see that same commitment to God. And that's where I, I think we really discover this term, he's a jealous God, because there is a truth to the fact that if we're going to run a nation that was gifted and designed as inalienable rights under the creator, our creator, God, the Lord of hosts, what have we done and what do we do each day to honor that? It's going to take the strength of a few very powerful, few relative to the world, relative to the country, as many as we can fill in the ranks, but people that are willing to walk that path of true conviction to the Lord. That's what's ultimately going to change this nation. And that's not happening easily right now. And much of that's, and I would throw that there's equal convolution on both sides of the aisle. We're not dealing with a, a real world doesn't have black or white. It doesn't have one or zero options. Our world has become that. Everything is either good or bad. Everything is either black or white. That's not the way the world works, but we've managed to do that to ourselves. And in the process, then we look at either we're going to win or we're going to lose. Either it's going to in November, we're going to win or we're going to lose. See, here's the tricky part about this, because the liberal class doesn't fight that way. And 
as much as we mock their, everybody gets a trophy, they actually fight that way, which is a very interesting outcome because if they lose, they just see it as, even if they win one seat out of a thousand, they see it as a small victory for a long-term campaign. When the conservatives, which should be rooted in God, have a win like, have an experience like that, one seat out of a thousand, they say we lost, and they look at the negative. God doesn't look at either because in the end, it isn't about the seats. It isn't about the win of, a, of an election place. It's about moving everybody closer to their relationship with Christ. So it doesn't matter how many liberals are in office or how many Republicans are in office. The question is, what is their relationship to Christ? And that's the path we have to continue to walk everything on. And as we do, we build a more powerful and real relationship with the Lord. And we pull ourselves farther and farther from the orbit and influences of this strange economy and strange world that we're in, which right now is dominated by Luciferian freaks. The greatest gift, which I mention regularly that we've received, is transparency and able to see where they are. Because like it is said, all that was in, hidden in darkness comes to light. And that's exactly what's happening. But unfortunately, too many people get overwhelmed with this and they feel like, oh, we're going to lose. How do you know where your enemy is when it's been in the shadows and now suddenly we can see it right before us? That's a victory. But I'm not one that's going to ever look towards short-term wins on this. And... I've never been one who gives much celebration to short-term wins because what I've always been focused on is the long-term victory. Sure, crack a beer, have a quick clinking of cans or glasses. You say hoorah and you, you take a look at what you do was just done and then you get back to work because the campaign is a long one. And that has to be said, it's not to, it's not to depress people. But the campaign that we're involved in is going to take a long time for transformation. Now, I will openly say that with God, you can literally have transformation and it can happen instantly. And maybe that will be the case. And I'll never say no to whatever God can do, nor would I try to impinge in any way my thoughts or anticipations of what the capability of the Lord is. But our focus in terms of a daily walk really needs to be towards that longer view of bringing as many people to Christ. And if we take that on ourselves and we're doing that every day, then that's a lifetime walk. And that means that while some days it might look really good because things line up with our points of view, here's something just to keep in mind. The election, let's just say that everything goes right for the election and we get what we want, we and let's say for the next two years, everything that we want and we don't and we don't get the results that we expected or the other side in this bipolar political nonsense that we're doing organizes better and gets more people mobilized to vote because the people we voted in aren't doing a good job. And now, once again, the pendulum swings and it swings back to this liberal side, say. But see, that's that's even and that's assuming that an election was working fair. 
that's the whole point I'm making is that when you're putting, we put all of our hopes in elections, we're talking about ebbs and flows anyway, and it's not really the way this thing is supposed to work. We're not supposed to be antagonistically looking at each other across the aisle. Like, I hate the Democrat, I hate the Republican. That's not how this country was designed, and it sure as heck has nothing to do with our faith. The way it was designed is that the representatives would represent the will of the people in their local district. So whatever district you're in, each representative from Congress would be carrying forth that voice, that collective voice, which would come to some aggregate solution of a view that was being presented. And then they would represent those views with others and in due diligence, if everything went right in a bill, there would be enough reasonable listening and representation of the people that you would end up with an averaging of needs across the nation. And you would resolve in some sort of legislation, if that's what they were going to do, that would reflect the people's voice. But instead, we're weaponizing our politicians. We're weaponizing the cadre of Republicans so they can go in and pummel the Democrats. I can't tell you what every single Democrat stands for. Heck, I can hardly tell you who the Democrats are other than the fact we've got a few like Pelosi, Nadler, Schiff. I know what they stand for. But I, I haven't had time to go through the understanding of what every 435, 436 congressional representatives stand for and where they vote. I don't know. Any more than I've done that for the Republicans. And yet we're weaponizing a party to viciously go in and attack and go after the other party. That sounds like a whole big set of manipulation for me. That sounds like a setup to perpetuate the hatred and vile feelings towards one another for generations yet to come. That's what it sounds like. I'm not saying whether somebody's guilty or not of crimes. What I will say is probably 90 or 99% of them are guilty of some sort of sexual crime or having changed their points of view because they've been willfully blackmailed or whatever that is, or bribes, buy-offs, promises of a future job with a company, promises of kickbacks channeled through insider trading deals. I mean, whatever that is, they're going to get those deals and they're going to benefit from it. And most of them have and most of them will and most of them do. So that pretty much puts everybody in the same cauldron. So if we're going to walk truly with God, that doesn't sound like a place that we need to be playing in. The walk with God's going to call for accountability. It's going to call for repentance. It's going to demand justice. And the justice by God's rules. But we don't have candidates like that. And that's where we need to be because that's what this country needs. It doesn't need more seesaw and more pendulum swinging. You take a pendulum, you swing it enough, it starts to spin around and it starts to look more like a bolo that you're going to launch and hit somebody in the head with. And that's kind of what we have become as a nation. And that's why I think that it feels so imbalanced because the concept of that House of Representatives is as it represented the voice of the people was to 
mellow the extremes and be able to put together concise bills that had reflections of many voices so that at the federal level of management, which was subordinate to the people, those legislations, though it wouldn't be what everybody wanted, but it would be in a united voice from the many states so that what out, the outcome represented the views of the many. Not the views of a handful of insurgents that stole the election. But again, Republicans and Democrats play the same game. They just do it differently. The Republicans always migrate the right's position into the liberal's position by compromising. But it's not because they're weak. It's because that's their role. That's what they do in this kabuki theater. And so the excitement of the right is we vote people in. And then there's this down of depression, like, well, how come you didn't stand for it? And then you get the plethora of excuses. Well, I tried, but no one wanted to listen. Or I argued it, but and we know it's all a lie. And the other side is boisterous boisterous and, and bombastic. It's screaming in the front, and you look at them and you go, oh, you're evil. This is good cop, bad cop. And we're all being played in this scenario of good cop, bad cop. And not one place, sure, it's, I'm not going to de- deny President Trump has referenced the evangelicals and he's got, had a prayer council around him. But look, we need a president that's going to have the strength to be able to also stand up in front of the people and say, let's pray together. Let's pray to God and thank God for what we have. We don't have that. And, we sh- and if we do, then immediately you get to left. It's armed and ready to go because people don't generally have the strength to stand up to this. And, and the left is going to be armed and ready to go in their words and their campaigns that these are the Christian radicals taking over the country again. Sounds a whole, much, whole bunch kind of like Jesus' time. And that's all because that warring element is fearful that God would reassume the power of the throne over this nation. And that's not something that we're afraid of, but it's definitely something they're afraid of. We don't have God in our schools anymore. We don't have God in our government anymore. We don't have God really anywhere. And it's, sure, it's in some churches, but when the church starts to violate the tenets and starts to encourage the LGBT junk in their own walls of the temple, of God's house, I don't think that's a welcome place for God either. So all this is to say that our real fight is at the morality of the nation. That's, not, that's a squishy fight. Sure, we can vote, but it shouldn't take you more than 24 or 48 hours to figure out who you're going to vote for. And you're going to hear all this stuff about you need to get out and door knock. We need to get these people mobilized. And we've got to get people signed up to vote Republican. And I'm my first question is going to be, what did you do to fix the vote? And we can pretty much anticipate that answer. It's still broken. So then I'm going to ask the question, which I think everyone should ask is, are we door knocking for Jesus or are we door knocking to get people to cast their ballots for a system that's already rigged? Because that's where we're going. And I don't see 
I do see a moment right now when God is making it pretty clear in a lot of people's hearts that there is a moment coming that will shake the world like never before. And we better be prepared and we better be in a position to be able to carry forth that discipleship that we need to do to continue that hard work of bringing people back to Jesus. Because when shaking happens, people freak out. People lose their frippin' mind. It's a January 6th prisoner that just blew his brains out. It's committed suicide. It's sad. Just before he was just before he was going into his sentencing hearing. I don't blame him for feeling the anxiety and feeling there's no hope. But the sad part is, is that that type of action is some is indicative of having, having lost that connection through Christ to the father. And that's those places again, where we can intercede and to help build bridges because this whole fight is not hard to win. They just want to make you believe it is. It doesn't matter how many tanks roll down the street, how many robot dogs walk down your downtown with guns mounted on the back. It doesn't matter how many soldiers are deployed in your area. You can do the numbers over and over. And here's what you come up with. We outnumber them massively. And then you, that's just numbers. And then you add that layer that says, oh, wait a minute, my commander in chief, who is that? Well, that's the Lord of hosts. So then I add that into the equation and I'm like, yeah, yeah. How many robot dogs did you say you had? <laughs> okay, bring it. That's, that's the attitude that we need to have. And that's what God's army has that no one else has. And so as we progress forward here, we just need to build those ranks. All of the news, whether it's the right side media or the left side media, does the same sorts of things as it gins up topics to get people to read through headlines. And again, I'm, I'm not seeing the news reported anywhere with heavy emphasis on scripture, translating scripture into news related topics. I mean, it, it can be done. You hear it here, how the relative relativity of the events of the day tie in with scripture. It's important, but the real fight to win the real mountain to climb the place to plant our flag. That's the moral fight of this nation. That's the place where we bring God back into people's hearts because we introduce them to the glory of Jesus. And man, when we're doing that, I'll knock on doors all day long if that's what I'm commanded to do. Because that's got purpose. That's got teeth. That has change in it spoken all over the place. Because you know, here's the bottom line. If every single candidate was weighed through the lens of scripture and their relationship with Jesus. Sure, you're going to hear people complain. It's like, well, Jesus isn't my God. Well, that's unfortunate. And that would be my response. But at the end of the day, the most important part about all of this is that we're in a fight 
truly a fight for this nation that was built with God on the throne above it. So if they don't have a relationship with Jesus, get one or find another place to live. That's kind of how I see it. There's really not much in between. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight very humbled and listening very closely to all that's put before us, aware of just how much sits out here for us to have our eyes open to and the love that you show us also through the ability for us to see clearly in all that's unraveling around us. Father, we just pray for that moment in everybody, with for everybody to have that moment of just that touch, that that quiet moment with you. And hopefully this weekend, Father, people can find that quiet moment with you. Just to sit, have a conversation, and then just to listen. Because what we need right now are strong stances and level heads in a time when there's a lot of confusion, a lot of anxiety, and that this temperature and this agitation that they're doing is ramping up to constantly keeping people off base. So we just pray for this remnant and its power to hold stable and hold steady. We pray for this remnant and the wonderful things that it does in its prayers to continue to pray for others. And we pray for the blessing on this remnant to continue to walk forward, gain our strength each and every day, connect, make the bridges that we build with our with fellows of our own faith and, and kind and build the bridges in with the many in the unexpected places where we find fellowship and a common appreciation for the love in you. Guide us in these times and protect us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So on a different topic is just kind of a reminder as we go into the weekend of a little bit of good, good wisdom to pass on. Take a listen to this from Judge Napolitano regarding federal officers at your door. Somebody knocks on your door and says they're from the government, my dear friends. The first thing you should say is, may I see your warrant? If they don't have a warrant, close the door. Don't talk to them. Don't let them intimidate you. It's a young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, half of Whoops, that was <laughs> a little bit of Klaus Schwab again. Um, that was, that's the important part. And what you have there is the core of that. You know that I played the piece earlier. And the piece was about, it was last night or the night before of the, uh, or I mentioned it anyway, of, of two, there was a Maryland police officer and there was two ATF officers that had come to the door of a gentleman who had bought several guns and they wanted to verify if he had those purchases. And, and the cop is like, oh, look, look, you know, just if you can go get those guns and he answered the door, go get those guns and you can bring them out unloaded so we can verify and then we'll be on our way. They have no business. That's the Fourth Amendment. Unless they've got a warrant, they can get off your property. They've got no business being there on your property. And this is where it's going to take some strength and you're going to have to hold the line because every time somebody gives in to them, they gain power. And this fight is truly about understanding those lines that we will not cross. So just as some closing thoughts as we head into the weekend, and you never know who's going to come knocking at your door, be very clear. If it's a federal 
or local city cop or whatever it is, they need to have a warrant. Otherwise, they've got no business being there. And if they're asking to see something, asking to see your guns, they might as well ask to see your Bible or ask you whether you're going, whether you're going to church or not. It's none of their damn business. Literally, and I, I said this to some folks the other day, if I had somebody knocking at my door asking about the guns, I would simply say, do you have a warrant? And they'd say, no, but can you bring them out? And I'd say, no. And I'd say, I'm going to close this door now. And if you'd like to kick it in and discover how many are loaded, I'm happy to show you. Otherwise, get the hell off my property. And that's the strength that we have to have with these people because they do not have any business intimidating Americans and they have no business doing this by the Constitution. Remember, most of these people have never read the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence. So maybe keep a copy of that and a Bible around and hand that to them as a goodbye present. But be strong, patriots. There's going to be a lot more of this stupidness as we go, and things are going to get kind of confusing and crazy. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep your prayers up. Seek that clarity that only God can give. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, hope you have a very blessed night. I'll see you tomorrow evening for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to the level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now. Fit together flawlessly
sits down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow, oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this faith, when your soul answers calls far away. Patriots, I've just got word that Jerome Davison, who was on the show, I believe last night, we had his, I guess, or Wednesday it was. But anyway, um, he's very sick in the hospital. He has a um, blood infection. Not really sure what it is. He was apparently in one surgery, and uh, they moved him to another hospital. They said he, and that's all we have, but I just ask you, keep him in your prayers. Have a blessed night. God bless.